The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. Kirksville Weekly, a podcast exploring the people and issues that impact the city and its residents. And now your host, Ethan Gable. Welcome to Kirksville Weekly for the week of March 4th, 2019. We have another great episode for you this week as we continue our series of interviews with the candidates of the April 2nd Kirksville City Council election. This time we're talking to Daniel Joyner, but before we do that, let's first recap last week's headlines. Last week, AM Housing, a nonprofit organization founded in 2017, launched an online fundraiser in hopes to bring a homeless shelter to Kirksville at some point in 2019. Former city council member and AM Housing founder Glenn Moritz says that they have already raised $42,000 but hope to reach a goal of $100,000 with this crowdfunding campaign. The money will be used to purchase land and or buildings to serve as the shelter. The fundraiser can be found at amhousing.org and ends April 11th, and hopefully in a future episode we'll get Glenn on the show to talk about his project. It was a busy week for Kirksville R3 School District. On Wednesday at the Kirksville R3 School Board meeting, it was disclosed that in a future election, the board may be asking residents to vote for an increase in the property tax levy or to pass a bond issue. Options were discussed to increase district revenues as expenditures per student have increased approximately 3.3% each year since 2003. In that same time frame, the district's revenue, however, has only increased by about 2.5%. The school board indicated that they would like to improve teacher salaries with a potential increase in the tax levy. Matt DeLeo, the district's financial advisor, shared that a 7% increase to the tax levy would allow an additional $150,000 to be used towards teacher salaries. The $0.07 increase on a $100,000 property would amount to an additional $13 owed by the taxpayer each year. Any hypothetical levy increase would need to be approved by a majority of Kirksville voters. A bond issue, typically utilized by schools to take on construction projects or major repairs, would allow the district to borrow money without directly increasing taxes. The passage of a bond issue requires a supermajority of voters, however. Assistant Superintendent Trisha Rieger said the district is currently determining which option would be better to take to the voters. In additional Kirksville R3 news, the board also approved a 2019-2020 school calendar, which will not feature a week-long spring break that coincides with Truman State University's spring break for the first time in recent memory. Board President Nan Davis said the absences during that week that used to be spring break will be monitored, and community input will be sought when determining future calendars. Also, looking ahead to next week, the community is invited to the board office on Wednesday, March 6th to provide input on the hiring of the new district superintendent to replace Dr. Damon Kazire, who announced his resignation earlier this year. The community portion of the meeting, hosted by Dr. Bob Watkins from the Missouri School Board Association, begins at 5 p.m. An online survey is also available at the school district's website. And now for our interview with Daniel Joyner. All right, we are in the studio with Daniel Joyner, candidate for Kirksville City Council. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well, thank you. Perfect. Can you tell me and our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Daniel Joyner. I work at uh, the Bruce Normile Juvenile Justice Center for the state, and I'm running for city council. Can you give us a little bit about your background? Are you a Kirksville resident for life? Did you move here at some sure. point? Sure. Um, I grew up here uh, since the third grade graduated in 2004 from 
the senior high school class president. So hopefully that does me some good. <laughs> Only kidding. So I've been here for a while. When I was a wee lad, worked at the aquatic center um, as a lifeguard, have since worked out at Thousand Hills Lake, and I'm just a big fan of being civic-minded, I guess. So tell me and our listeners, what is your primary reason for running for city council? I felt the winds of change coming, and I wanted to be a part of it. Any more depth to that, or just an exciting time, and you want to get on board with it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I want to do my part. New to this whole experience, if you haven't already noticed. But yeah, uh, just uh, wanted to throw my hat in the ring, see if... uh, I mean, in all honesty, it's it's a barometer. I wanted to kind of check to see if there's any name recognition, if uh, residents that I grew up with that are my age, um, 30 plus, want to see uh, a younger man or woman in in office. What would your priorities be if elected? Uh, Lots of ideas. Again, new to the situation, but my background being working for the state uh, Second Circuit Judiciary, um, technically, which is Adair, Knox, and Lewis Counties. Obviously, does not overlap. There's no eligibility issue with running, being a candidate. But I'd like to see, I'd like to bolster uh, the the police force. Uh, I'd like to see more funds allocated or redistributed for the police force, maybe like a canine unit, for instance. Um, There are other generalized topics. Parks and Rec would be fun. Uh, Concerned about poverty. Um, Worried that people are moving, influx of uh, people moving to the area, specifically Kirksville, obviously, and they're not getting seen or heard. Um, And I want to at least make the community more aware um, because it's a great place to live. And I believe that the better place to live, the more people want to come here and you get not only growth, but the quality of individual will go up as well. Do you think you can accomplish those specific tasks as far as uh, police support and new resident or minority support with just redistributing funds that the city government already has? Are we talking new taxes? How are we going to pay for some of these things that you discussed? Uh, Sure. Redistribution would be probably the highest priority. I know infrastructure, roads, uh, stuff of that nature are important, and we're already kind of under where we should be for that, uh, for roads specifically. But they're still roads, and they're drivable. Potholes everywhere, as I'm sure you've seen. The weather does not help us a whole lot, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah, redistribution. I am in favor of tax if necessary. Um, I'm not one to always lower taxes. I don't think that works. Mainly, if I can, sales tax, it applies to residents of Kirksville, but Kirksville is a hub for a lot of people, and you can't tax people on anything besides maybe what they buy um, if they live in Edina or Brashear or Novinger, local close towns that come to Kirksville, and it's a way to get resources from people that also call Kirksville home without technically being a resident. Speaking of economics and Kirksville specifically, we have been on the upward trajectory as far as business and economic growth. It's been good to see. I think all the residents are pretty excited about it, all these new opportunities and new businesses. However, that is not something that will continue to grow on its own. So what do you see your job is if you do get elected as far as continuing that? Or what can the city do to continue that economic growth? I look to our forms of education. I think our growth has a lot to do with the fact that 
Truman State is ranked as high as it is in the state, and if not the state, the nation. The fact that we have a dental school, a medical school, even a vocational school, uh, a junior college from MACC. Focus on education, get people in those doors, and they'll get people in the doors throughout businesses in the city to continue what I would like to see as a gradual economic growth. I'd rather 10% growth over 10 years than 100% growth in one year. It's my opinion that that would leave stretch marks on the city. (laughs) This time around the 2019 election, there are eight candidates, which is the most that have ran in the last 10 years or so. It's been a long time since we've had this many. Can you speak to why you think there are that many running or why there is so much interest? Winds of change. We spoke before we started. I think the winds of change are coming and people want to be a part of it. I take some reservation saying that uh, I know a previous guest stated that because there was a death of a community member and a uh, councilman that somehow that sparks opportunity when in reality the man's death was days before uh, filing ended. Um, I have brought for your information the official sign that says I did not enter the race because a man died. Again, I take reservation with that. Uh, I think maybe an apology is needed because I don't think anyone running for city council is doing so because a man died. Daniel just handed me the declaration of a candidate where he initials by all of the things that he can attests you, to. Can you read the time and date at the top right? I can. 1-14-2019-9-20 in the morning. Good, sir. I believe I was one of the last candidates in the race. Uh, so if they weren't speaking to me, then uh, I don't know who else they may be speaking to. And I can assure you I'm not putting my hat in the ring because a good member of the community passed. You're young, younger compared to some of the others that are running. Um, I believe there is one younger than you. Jordan Weikeld, I believe, is in his 20s. And you said you're in your 30s. You graduated in 04. Yes. That puts you at pretty young. Uh, What can you do or what are you doing to attract that youth vote that just is apathetic towards voting in general? I am not specifically seeking out. That's not the vote that I'm looking to get. Again, name recognition. I've been in the town since I was eight years old. My father worked as uh, an eye doctor in town. Same name, obviously, (laughs) since he and I are blood-related and both male. But uh, yeah, um, this is uh, maybe back to the last question. This is a, a barometer. If anybody's kidding themselves, there's one seat open and it's the one-year term. So this is all going to happen next year. Um, and I wanted to check to see if there's name recognition because I don't think anybody's a shoo-in for an incumbent position. Correct me if I'm wrong. Opinion-based, I hope. But uh, yeah, I want to get my name out there. Um, I want to do it in a conservative manner. Um, I'm not going to go pockets empty for a one-year term knowing that uh, it's all going to happen again next year for that same seat I believe most of us are running for. Elaborate on that a little bit as far as you believe that out of the three seats available, two of them are squared away already? Pretty uh, name recognition, yeah. For, uh, I want to say that there's maybe 2,000 voters in the last, I don't know the specific number, but of the 2,000 people that voted, I'm going to say name recognition is going to be a big one. Like, do you know who the current mayor is? Is that enough name recognition for you? Do you know who's been on the board before? Is that enough name recognition for you? I'm not actively seeking the the millennial or the 20-year-old vote because I believe a lot of those votes 
are transient. I don't think that vote is going to hold up to the 2000, you know, 2000 votes that were cast in the last election. That being said, yeah, if there's a familiar name on the ballot, I'll be checking it. And I can guarantee you of that. I appreciate your honesty. You're welcome. I guess at the bottom line here, at the end of the day, we are in that voting booth and there are eight names in front of us, regardless of who we think is a shoo-in or not. <laughs> why, of course. of course, why should we pick yours as one of the three? Fresh face. For sure. Fresh face with a name that you can trust more than anything else. I've worked for years in the community. Right now, I'm in a position that I believe is one of the most important jobs in this city. Um, I have direct supervision over at-risk youths, uh, alleged criminals because of the way our detention facility is set up. It's an important job. And if I can have that responsibility, I want to show that same amount of responsibility on a day-to-day basis to more than just the few people I see that work the position that I do. Finally, I'll just open this up to you. You have the listeners' ears. What do you want to leave them with before we head into the election? Go vote. All right. I appreciate you joining us, Daniel. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Good luck in the April 2nd election. Thank you, sir. At the time of the recording, Daniel did not have a Facebook page or any social media set up for his campaign. However, he did tell me that if anyone had any questions for him, that they could email him at daniel.joiner at courts.mo.gov if they had any questions regarding him or his platform. He also said he would forward me his campaign information or any online presence he develops. And when I receive that, I'll go ahead and put it up on our Facebook page if you're interested. The email address I read will also be in the show notes in case you didn't catch it. As we say every episode, we are attempting to or have reached out to all those running for Kirksville City Council. We have now accomplished interviews with five of the eight candidates. We are still waiting to hear back from Mayor Chuck Long, as well as Kevin Alm and Donald Smith. If any of those three individuals are listening to this, please get in contact with the show. We would love to have you on. Thanks again for listening. We will see you all next week. Kirksville Weekly is a production of Sarcast Media. New episodes are released every Monday and are available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you have a topic that you'd like to hear discussed on the show, email us at kirksvilleweekly at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.